Hey, what is going on, everybody? And welcome to another article narration from the College Info Geek blog. And this is yet another article by my good friend Stefano Gandini, who is part of my Jedi Council and who is now a staff writer over at College Info Geek. He's been writing some awesome stuff. And this article is absolutely no exception. So if you want to become an articulate speaker, somebody who can speak clearly and distinctly and confidently in front of anybody, whether it be one person or a crowd, this article is for you because it is titled The Secret to Being an Articulate Speaker. And if you want to read this entire article on the site, you can get to it very easily by going to cigpodcast.com slash b8. That's my little coded URL for getting to it. But if you don't want to read it and you just want to listen to it, let's get right into this narration. When I was a senior in high school, my final college decision came down to two schools, the University of Southern California, USC, and the University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA. Now, neither was my dream school, quote unquote, I never really had one, but I was pretty certain that I would end up going to UCLA. Honestly, I applied to USC sort of on a whim, and I never thought that I would end up going there, mainly because I knew that it was such an expensive school. It's actually one of the most expensive universities in the nation. And frankly, I knew my parents wouldn't be able to afford it. Well, that was before I ended up getting a half tuition scholarship to USC and no scholarship from UCLA. And with the scholarship from USC, it was now going to cost me almost exactly the same amount to attend USC, which is a prestigious private university, as it would to attend UCLA, which was a prestigious public university. Suddenly, USC became a more serious part of the picture, and I found myself having to make a pretty tough decision. Now, on paper, both schools seemed like equally great choices. Both those schools have top-notch academics, Division I athletics, beautiful campuses. So when it came down to making my final decision, the determining factor ultimately came down to one particular thing, and that was my campus visits. And after visiting both of these campuses, I ended up choosing USC. Why? Well, because when I thought about the types of people I wanted to surround myself with over the next four years and the type of person I myself wanted to become over the next four years, it was very clear to me that USC was the better option. While the students I met at USC seemed well-rounded, well-spoken, and genuinely excited to be at USC, the students I met at UCLA seemed to be, well, just straight up boring. Now, I'm not telling you this to bash on UCLA, though I must say, if you're deciding between the two, USC is definitely the way to go. I'm telling you this because I think it's a perfect example of just how important it is to be well-spoken. Ultimately, I chose to attend USC over UCLA not because the academics were so much better, not because the athletics were so much better, and not because the location was so much better, but simply because the students I met at USC possessed the types of qualities that I myself wanted to possess, one of them being the ability to speak in a clear and engaging manner, an ability which, at the time, I did not have. I think we can all recognize the value of being well-spoken. Whether you're speaking to a group of prospective high school students on a college campus tour, or you're speaking to a hiring manager for your dream job, the way in which you speak plays a huge role in the impression you make on others, and thus your potential influence on them. It's quite possible that the UCLA students I met during my campus visit were just as well-rounded and excited about their school as the USC students I met, but they just weren't able to communicate it as effectively as those USC students. Who knows? But that's the whole point. Whether you want to admit it or not, people are constantly judging you based on the language you use to express yourself. And whether these judgments are accurate or not, once they're formed, they're unlikely to change. The good news is that being a good speaker is a skill, which means that anyone can learn it, and it just takes some practice and patience. And in even better news, there's one thing you can start doing today that will instantly make you a better speaker. 
As soon as I started doing this one thing, I finally stopped stumbling over my words and I finally started speaking with much greater confidence and flow. If you've ever struggled with articulating your thoughts into words, what you need is to realize this. What you say is a lot less important than how you say it. The secret to being an articulate and engaging speaker is to be more expressive. So many people get stuck trying to find the quote-unquote right words to say because they want to appear intelligent. But the thing is, even if you do say those right words, if you don't say them in the right way, then it's still not going to sound good. You can say the same thing with a different tone of voice and it can have a completely different meaning. For example, if someone says something to you that you think is cool and you say, dude, that's so cool, versus dude, that is so cool, there's a big difference, right? Even though the words are the same, the way that you say them makes all the difference. So instead of trying to perfectly articulate your thoughts into the quote-unquote right words, you should focus your energy on being more expressive. The easiest way to practice this is by just recording yourself, and the audio recorder on your phone should work just fine for this purpose. And you can do this while practicing saying different things and expressing different emotions. And while you do this, you should pay particular attention to the pace of your speech and the tone of your voice. As painful as it may be to hear your own voice, this is the best way to hear yourself the way that other people hear you, because the sounds that you make in your own head coming out of your, your mouth as you hear them, they sound actually different than the way that other people hear them because of the way that your head and your ears and your mouth is structured. Now, as a general rule of thumb, you should, number one, speed up the pace of your speech and increase the volume when telling an exciting story and slow down the pace of your speech and lower the volume when you're telling a sad or serious story. And that's because, above everything else, the most important thing that you're conveying are the emotions behind what you're saying. As long as you're able to accurately convey the emotions behind what you're saying, the details and the exact words you use are much less important. And if you're really, really serious about learning how to be more expressive, I'd highly recommend also signing up for something like an improv class or an acting class, since this is one of the main things they teach. Now, if you're not quite ready to sign up for an improv class and you've already practiced recording yourself, here are a few additional techniques that will help you take your speaking skills to the next level. Number one, just focus on slowing down. If you tend to talk faster when you're nervous, just focus on keeping a slow, steady rate of speech as you're speaking. Get comfortable with taking pauses to gather your thoughts and don't be afraid to take a second or two to find the right word. But remember, the exact words you use are less important than how you say them. Always keep that in mind. A good rule of thumb from Thomas is to speak slowly enough that you feel a little bit uncomfortable doing it. And if you ever do start stumbling over your words, just pause, take a deep breath, and start over. Whatever you do, don't panic. Focus on taking deep, slow breaths to stay calm and relaxed. Number two, minimize the use of filler words like ums and ahs and hums. Excessive use of these filler words can make you appear inarticulate and unintelligent. That being said, they're a natural part of human speech, and everyone uses them to some extent. So while it may be unnecessary to completely eliminate fillers from your speech, it's important to understand that the appropriateness of them varies depending on your audience and your purpose. For example, when you're having casual conversation with friends, it's not a big deal. However, when you're meeting people for the first time, or attending job interviews, or giving a formal speech, you will definitely want to minimize your use of these types of words. Now, if this is something you struggle with in particular, you want to check out the article version of this narration because Stefano has linked to an article over on the Art of Manliness blog, which has a bunch of additional tips specifically for this problem. The third tip here is to make sure that you are enunciating your words correctly. If people often ask you to repeat yourself, then you should take that as a cue that you need to work on your enunciation. 
Just like when you use too many filler words, mumbling connotes a lack of confidence and makes you appear inarticulate. Now, if you're a soft-spoken person, chances are that you also may need to raise the volume of your speech as well. And pay special attention to make sure that you're ending your sentences just strongly as you start them. A common mistake I see people make, and that I often used to make myself, is trailing off at the end of phrases. You want to make sure that you're speaking each and every word clearly and loudly enough so that people can hear you. You might find that doing this will also help you to feel more confident, which in turn will enable you to speak even more smoothly. Tip number four is to build what's called a story toolbox. And this is a tip that comes from the great blogger Ramit Sethi, who runs the blog I Will Teach You To Be Rich. Now, according to Ramit, the number one strategy for telling stories is to keep a story toolbox, which is a place to write down interesting stories that you can use and later develop. The basic premise behind this strategy is to always have a handful of stories in your back pocket that you've tested, refined, and practiced over time. Most of us are absolutely lousy storytellers, and we think that those who are good at telling stories are just natural storytellers. But the truth is that telling a good story, just like being well-spoken, is a skill. It's not something you're born with. So if you want to get better at it, you have to practice. And tip number five, be aware of your body language. Now, this tip is a bit more advanced, but if you want to be a more articulate speaker, you have to be aware of the messages that your body language is sending as well. If your body language doesn't match your verbal language, people are going to question your credibility. So with that in mind, here are a few major body language signals that you may or may not be aware of. Number one, standing straight with your shoulders back conveys confidence and competence, whereas slouching conveys the opposite. Number two, touching your face or neck is a sign of uncertainty and sometimes even a signal of dishonesty. Number three, slow, controlled movements demonstrate composure and make others feel at ease, whereas quick and jerky movements demonstrate nervousness and make others feel uneasy. And number four, hand gestures and facial expressions help to emphasize key points and demonstrate familiarity with the topic. An easy way to improve your body language in all of these areas is by, number one, observing the body language and hand gestures of celebrities and public speakers, and number two, practicing in front of a mirror or even filming yourself on video. Now, to give you one final piece of advice on this entire topic as a whole, simply don't overthink it. I just threw a ton of information at you all at once, but if you take nothing else away from this post, simply remember this. What you say is less important than how you say it. And as long as you can accurately express the emotions behind your words, everything else is going to take care of itself. As Maya Angelou once said, quote, at the end of the day, the people won't remember what you said or did. They will remember how you made them feel.